Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Honestly, and it's no BS, I would see how things play out. I would evaluate some of the players, and I would probably be leaning in the back of my mind towards trying to figure out a way to maybe sacrifice, um, it's going to be a really good player, there's no doubt about that, but to keep a guy with Alex's character, it's it's hard to move on from that. It really is. These are challenging times with the salary cap, and tough decisions are going to be made by every team. But boy, he's not a guy I'd want to lose. That was former NHL agent, number one overall draft pick, and general manager, and Brian Lawton, yesterday on the show, talking about what he would do with Alex Petrangelo if he were in Doug Armstrong's situation. I want to ask that of another NHL general manager. We are happy to be joined by Craig Button. He's a hockey analyst over at TSN. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Button. He is joining us via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's start out with that. What would you do if you were in Doug Armstrong's situation right now and you had Alex Petrangelo getting ready to hit free agency? And you got to make a decision on whether or not to bring him back. What, what's your decision there? Well, my decision would be real easy. It would be find a way to get him back. Number one, okay, he's a captain. Number two, he's a premier defenseman in the National Hockey He's going to be in the Norris Trophy conversation for the next number of years. I see him like Nick Lipstrom and his efficiency to play the game at a high level for a long period of time. He's so smart. He takes you off the puck. He knows how to you know, be so economical with his efforts. He doesn't waste a lot of time because he is so exceptionally smart. And, you know, where are you going to go and find that replacement? Oh, yeah, there isn't one. So, to me, it's real simple. I'm finding every way I can to keep Alex Petrangelo. Because if you don't, and I'm not, and I have every confidence that Doug is doing everything he can to, 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 to do exactly that. But if you don't find a way to keep Alex Petrangelo, there's no players like him. There's none in your system. There's none on your team. There's none out there that you're going to bring in that can do what Alex Petrangelo is. To me, this is exactly the case with how important is he. You make decisions on other players. You know, we know we have a salary cap. We know you have to let you have to make those decisions. I'm making them on other players. I'm not making them on unique players like Alex Petrangelo, and that's exactly how I see him. Yeah, Craig, that's kind of been my stance here forever on this as I try to educate my counterparts on how valuable Alex Petrangelo is, which they agree with me. I'm just giving them some some heck here. <laughs> but uh, that being said, and you bring up the word unique, and look, you've been every position known in the NHL, the scouts, the general manager, now you're an analyst, and you're uh, still director of scouting for TSN. It may be explained to our listeners here in St. Louis 
how rare it is to find a player such as Alex Petrangelo that you can draft and develop and keep in your system and get to where he is right now. How hard is that? Well, it's extremely hard. Because first of all, you know, all you got to do is, is look back and see where he was drafted. Oh, yeah, fourth overall. So you have to be in position uh, in the right year. Not, not just in position, but in the right year uh, to, to be in that spot where they were to be able to draft Alex Petrangelo. I mean, if it's a different year, you might not have that opportunity. Jamie, you know this. How many number one defensemen are in the NHL? I'm not talking about how many guys are number one on their team. I'm talking about true number one defensemen. What would you say, Jamie? Less than 20? Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So there's 31 teams, and you have one of them. And, and when I say in the Norris Trophy conversation, Nick Lidstrom didn't win his first Norris Trophy until he was in his 30s. And, Jamie, you know Nick very, very well. The guy made the game look easy. And that, to me, is, is when you talk about how rare and unique Alex is, I think he makes the game look easy. He, he plays 24 minutes. He plays 25 minutes. The, 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 uh, you look at last year in the playoffs, you, you know, the challenge is raised. Oh, He's right up to them. He's just up there at every level playing against the other team's best players. You know, it's not like Alex Petrangelo goes out and plays against the weaker competition or the weaker players. He's out against the other team's best players excelling. And, you know, like I said, like, you know, one of the things I've learned over the years, Jamie, and, you, you know, I think we all get reminded, sometimes, and I know the St. Louis Blues know what they have, but sometimes you don't fully realize what you have until the potential for it not being there or it not being there shows up. Ask the Detroit Red Wings what happened when Nick Lidstrom retired. And I know Kenny Holland used to joke. He goes, when Nick retires, I'm retiring. <laughs> well, this is, well, and there was a reason he kept saying that, because he knew how incredibly important Nick was to the team. Now, you got to stop saying this comparison, Craig, because Jamie's been making that exact comparison <laughs> on this show for the last, like, two or three months. And so we can't have anybody agreeing with Jamie Rivers on this show, Craig. <laughs> Well, here's the problem. Great minds. Right? <laughs> you know, yes. if, 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 if you have a great mind beside you there, and now you get me on, it just kind of makes me feel good that I'm thinking along the same lines as Jamie. I knew I could count on you, Craig. I appreciate <laughs> that, buddy. Um, look, but I, again, I want to I stay in this conversation because it, it's so intriguing and it's so pertinent right now to the St. Louis Blues in this time with Petro's contract coming up. And I've brought it up, and you brought it up as well. Nick Lidstrom, I mean, that's that's one. You know, people, if they're listening, could go, okay, but that's a one-off. It's Nick Lidstrom. Let's remind people here, too, that Al McInnes won his only Norris Trophy past the age of 30 years old. And, Craig, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Alex Petrangelo is having the best season he's ever had. He looks more comfortable than I've ever seen him. And now that he has a Stanley Cup ring and he's the captain of that team, I think he's just going to begin an incredible run of years for the St. Louis Blues. I, 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 I cannot disagree with any of that. And, I, and not only that, it's one thing to not disagree. I fully agree with all of that. And, you know, pe- people tend, oh, yeah, look at his age. You know what? Yeah, I know in, in general terms we look at age and we know there's going to be declining production. That's just the way it is. But there are exceptions to the rule. I think Alex is an exception to the rule like Nick, Lich- Nick Lichstrom. Listen, Nick won seven Norris trophies. And you know what? When I say that he's like Nick Lichstrom, you know what? What I'm talking about is the way he plays the game. There's only one Nick Lichstrom. But when you have Alex Petrangelo and you have 
what he contributes to your team on a game-in, game-out basis, you know, consistently over time. I mean, he, he, he is at a high level all the time. And it's, it, it's one thing to say, oh, he can get his level of play up uh, to a high level. But when you, when you do it kind of seamlessly without even really, uh, you, you know, showing what it is, it, be, it becomes so incredibly powerful. Uh, and and I, I'm not going to say it becomes underestimated or underappreciated. But what ends up happening is, is that you, you tend to take it for granted. And I would say this. I don't think Doug Armstrong takes it for granted. He was in Dallas with the likes of Sergei Zuboff and Marion Hatcher and uh, Daryl Sador. So he knows what, how valuable these players are. And I don't think he, 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 he uh, underestimates Alex's uh, potential and his contribution to this team in any way. We're talking to Craig Button. He's a hockey analyst for TSN. He's a former NHL general manager as well and was all throughout executive positions in the NHL throughout the years. Craig, I did want to ask you because there's there's been a thought among some in the St. Louis fan base that, well, you can afford to lose Alex Petrangelo because you have Colton Pareko, and Pareko just becomes that number one defenseman. For our audience, can you explain, for, from your perspective at least, why you think that's not necessarily the case and Colton Pareko can't replace all of what Alex Petrangelo brings to the table? Well, it's, it's, it's really, you know, Colton's a really good player. So, you know, you, you, you find yourself now maybe potentially in a position uh, where, where you're kind of, you, you know, downplaying what Colton Pareko does. But the, the fact of the matter is, Colton Pareko... Can he be a top-pair defenseman? Yeah, I think he can be a top-pair defenseman. I don't see him as a number one, and that's what Alex is. So I think that when you start to look at the, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts, because you have Alex Petrangelo, that allows Colton Pareko to be that much better. Take Alex Petrangelo away, and now Colton Pareko is now going to be faced with having to take on those responsibilities that, that Alex handles now, that, and I'm not going to suggest that Colton gets easier ones, but, but it balances it out. And, and now you can slot players into positions that they can handle better. And while, while you look at Colton and you say, oh, well, he can just take it over, he, he doesn't have the same skill set as, as Alex. And I, I'll say this really clearly. Alex Petranzo is in the Norris Trophy conversation now and will be for the next number of years. I don't think Colton Pareko is ever going to be in the, in the Norris Trophy conversation. That doesn't mean he's not a good player and a good solid player and somebody you want. But that's the difference right there. We're talking about best defenseman in the league. All right, again, we're talking with Craig Button, TV analyst for TSN, director of scouting for TSN, former GM, Stanley Cup champion, and a guy that agrees with Jamie Rivers, and I like that. <laughs> so uh, last one from me, Craig, here today. Uh, players are about to enter the next phase training camp coming up next week. Fingers crossed. What are your feelings on the Edmonton Toronto situation? Can the NHL actually pull this off? Well, I, I, I think the planning, the collaboration with the league, the players and the medical experts has been a really, really positive, uh, scenario, uh, for, for trying to pull it off. You know, the NHL is no different than any other return-to-work uh, scenarios in, in all industries. So, you know, when, when, when I listen to the experts, epidemiologists talk about, you know, how the NHL has a chance because, n- n- number one, they're going to places where the spread and, is under control and, and, and there hasn't been outbreaks. And they're going to put them in a bubble and really keep them isolated as best they can 
with all the protocols that are going to be in place, I, like, like I think that they really worked at it. We, we know the virus can, can, can create uh, havoc and, and unpredictability. I, I'm hopeful that the NHL can finish what they start. But, but, but I think that, you know, if, if we're waiting for the perfect scenario, we, we might be waiting forever. And I, I really think the NHL, the NHLPA, and the medical experts have worked really hard in a collaborative manner to try to see what they can do. And uh, I remain hopeful that they can finish what they start, but, but I think it's a really solid, strong plan. And uh, are there some uncertainties? Are there some variables that could uh, derail it? Yeah. But, you know, I think that what's gone into it is, is really thorough. I have one more real question and then, a, and then a final question for you, Craig. I apologize. Thanks so much for giving us so much of your time today. We're talking no problem. with no problem. Craig Button. He's a hockey analyst for TSN joining us here on Ribs and BK. I want to go back to the Blues for a second because Justin Falk has been a really hotbed conversation here locally. First of all, what's your impression of what he's been like this year with the Blues? And what's your kind of... If you're projecting out what Justin Falk can be here in St. Louis, what would you project that he will be moving forward? You know, when Doug made the trade, I thought it was a really good, solid trade for the St. Louis Blues. And, uh, you know, I think and then he extended them to his contract. Unfortunately, what ends up happening in a, in a salary cap world and with salary disclosure is that we look at players and we, we, attach, we attach their contract value and then say, you know, this is what they should be doing on the ice. I, you know, Justin, you know, uh, if you look at points and you look at where he plays, you know, you would say that the contract, you know, isn't matching his, uh, you know, productivity on the ice. That being said, I, I think Justin has a lot of really good qualities. And just because you've had a subpar season trying to adjust to a new team and whatnot, doesn't mean that going forward you're going to have – uh, a subpar season. I, I think that the onus is on Justin Falk uh, to pick up his game and and to play at the level commensurate with what his uh, with what his salary is. I think he's capable, but he's got to show that. Now that being said, I don't think his contract is onerous to the point where if he doesn't, that there wouldn't be an opportunity uh, to trade him uh, because he's a right shot defenseman. There's a number of teams that are looking for him. So when I look at the the overall equation. I don't see a scenario where the St. Louis Blues put themselves in a tight bind where, you know, they're going to be encumbered by Justin Falk's contract. Either he gets to the level that I think he's capable of playing or he doesn't, and then they can move along and move him along if he can't do that. But I think the ones that become really tough are the ones where you have contracts where you can't move them or you can only move them uh, if you attach something significant to them. I don't see that with Justin. Final question for you, Craig. You are the director of scouting for TSN. Once upon a time, you scouted this goofball Jamie Rivers oh, when boy. he was coming into the league. At that point in time, what was your scouting oh, report? Boy. If you kind of be gentle, Craig, take it down into a summary statement. What was your scouting report on, on this goofball Jamie Rivers? Well, I, I would never call anybody a goofball, but I would tell you about Jamie is, is Jamie was a, was a really good, confident offensive defenseman, could skate, wanted to jump into the attack. You know, Jamie's misfortune was being born in the wrong era. If, if Jamie was playing post 
uh, locked out 0405. You know, the game was built for Jamie Rivers. It was built for his skating ability. He was bold. He wasn't afraid uh, to take the initiative. But but the game was very different and with the clutching and the holding. And, you know, it was very hard for, for players that didn't have the physical stature to, to really be able to express themselves. So, I mean, but Jamie could skate. He could think. He, he had good offensive awareness. And, you know, we could say that about a lot of players, Jamie, that, you know, back, uh, you know, would be so much better today. And we can also talk about players that were able to play back in, the, in that era that, that wouldn't be as good today, wouldn't be able to play today. And, uh, you know, that's just the, the difference in errors. Quite frankly, I love the fact that we've gotten rid of the obstruction and the interference and the holding because the game is about skill. And Jamie had lots of it. Craig, I appreciate that. And I've, I've told my father a couple of times, I, I keep saying, Dad, if only you could have held back for a couple more years. But, uh, yeah, that uh, that didn't happen. But, uh, no, I appreciate that. And, look, man, we really appreciate you coming on today. You gave us some incredible stuff. And I know you're a busy guy. So, uh, seriously, thank you so much. And, and we wish you nothing but the best. And take care of yourself. Stay safe up there, Craig. Uh, I will, Jamie. And you stay safe there in St. Louis. Looking forward to the NHL getting underway. And like I said, I hope they can finish what they start. I'm optimistic to it. And always a pleasure to join you. Anytime uh, you want me, uh, I'd be happy to join in and be part of it. That's Craig Button. You can find his work on TSN. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Button. Craig, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you very much. You got it. That's Craig Button joining us here on Ribs and BK. Some really good stuff there. Let's go ahead and react to that for a couple of minutes here. And then on the other side, we'll get to the junk drawer. But Jamie... He said he thinks for the next 10 years, every year, you're going to see Alex Petrangelo in the Norris Trophy conversation. Mm -hmm. He then, on the back end of that statement, said, I don't think Colton Pareko will ever win a Norris Trophy. And that's where he views them a little differently. He's not suggesting that Colton Pareko is not a good player. And I know we're getting a little pushback on our text line, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Somebody from the 573 says Pareko not going to be a number one is debatable, is not debatable, rather. Now I want Pet- don't want Petro to go anywhere, though, either. There's a lot of people that say something along those lines where they're like, listen, Petro is, is every bit as good as Petrangelo. I know you've been saying this for a while, but to kind of back up what Craig Button said there, why do you think it is that the, the Blues can't make the wrong decision here and they need to bring back Alex Petrangelo? Well, look, here's the thing, and and this is where people get confused at times, okay? Can Colton Pareko, or rather, sorry, can Alex Petrangelo do what Colton Pareko does? Yes. Can Colton Pareko do what Alex Petrangelo does? No, he can't. And what I mean by that is right now Petro is not just a good skater, puck-moving guy, quarterback on your power play, which, by the way, guys, this year, that power play was clicking. Okay, and Petro's a big part of that. You know, the guy at the top of the box there who's distributing the puck back and forth, that guy's your quarterback. And Colton Pareko has a big shot. He's a good player. Yes, he skates well. I just don't see that quarterback title ever for Colton Pareko. Now, mind you, can he skate? Is he a big body? Can he defend almost every player in the league? Yeah, but you're only getting 75% of what Alex Petrangelo can bring to the table, and that's why... I think that Petro's so valuable is he brings all of those elements and he's your captain. As much as Colton Pareko is becoming a leader, he's got a long way to go. Remember we thought Petro was a leader? In the first couple of years, he struggled with mm-hmm. the C. 
Not because he's not a good leader, but it's a lot to take on. And now Petro as well. One more thing, as he's captain of a Stanley Cup championship team. And so that's where I think you have to differentiate the two players as to what they bring and what they don't bring to the table when you're talking about them. I do think, though, that, and this is my opinion, I think Pareko can do what Petrangelo does at some point in his career. I disagree, I think Alex. he could be. He's a, just never going to be that quarterback. I think he could if he gets that shot. He doesn't have the opportunity because it's been Alex Petrangelo, it's been Vince Dunn, and then on the depth chart of all of that, it's Justin Falk. If we've seen Pareko, and I understand quarterbacking a power play is a lot different than just having the shot on the power or play. moving a puck once or twice, there's a big difference, Because McKinnis was a quarterback on the power play and a heavy shot. Mm-hmm. I think Pareko could get there, though, with the right coaching, the right opportunity. Here's the part that I don't see. I, I don't see the leadership qualities that Alex Petrangelo has offered, and that's what you gain over time. That's something that's invaluable when it comes to getting rid of somebody and trying to to put another player in there. But the part that people are saying Colton Pareko is a number one defenseman, you're not understanding it. There's two separate things here, and I thought Craig Button nailed it on the head. There's number one defenseman on your team, there's number one defenseman in the NHL. It's ace versus number one starter in Major right, League yeah. Baseball. Like, you could put Jacob Truba on the Winnipeg Jets, and he was a number one defenseman. But he goes to the New York Rangers, he's not a number one defenseman in the NHL. You put Petrangelo on any team that's at the bottom of the standings in the NHL right now. I think you put him on almost any team, period. He makes them a better team. It's what people used to say about Carlos Martinez. It's number one starter versus ace. Jack Flaherty is an ace. He is a right. legitimate number one. You would throw him on just about any team in baseball. He would be a legitimate number one for them as an ace. Carlos Martinez was your number one starter. Yeah. You had to have somebody starting opening day, and Carlos Martinez was going to be that guy. And there's a difference between those two. I thought Jeremy Rutherford had a really great article yesterday. He joined us. And he said that he was going to have this posting last night, and he did. And he talked about what it's going to take to bring back Alex Petrangelo. And we've talked a lot on this show about how it could ultimately come down to eventually Petro versus Pareko. And I think maybe that was the wrong way to look at it. And I was looking at it through that lens all along. Jamie, you told me you don't need to do that. And you were after reading this article, I to, to back up your point, I think you might have been right, shockingly <laughs> enough. This year, I think it is basically, based on reading this article, Bozak and Allen versus Petro, or some, something similar to that. Bozak. Alan Steen. Steen. And Steen's going to have to be in that conversation yeah. as well. Honestly, but, you could throw Schwartz in that conversation. I know you don't want to, but he's one of those options with well, a year yeah, left on I his think deal. You're, I think you're you're making the decision whether it would be Bozak or Schwartz, but I definitely think Plus Allen Steen. and Steen are, are going to be a part of it. Yes. And so that's the conversation now. And then moving forward, like Craig Button said, there's a lot of different things that can happen. I mean, you look down the road, who knows what this team is going to look like by 2023. There's a lot of guys that are hitting free agency by then, including Schwartz. There's a lot of guys that are going to potentially be moved by then. We know how fluid these situations can be. And so can they sign Alex Petrangelo and Pareko? It looks difficult right now, but they don't have to do that right now. You've got another couple of years after this season to make those decisions. You don't have to worry about it right now. You know, you've got some time to deal with that. You make the moves that you have to make to keep Petro. And just going back to your point about, you know, Pareko versus Petro, uh, look, that's that's not the way to look at it. It's just it's just like when people talked about Justin Falk replacing Alex Petrangelo. Right. You can't look at it that way. And you know, look at. By no means do I want anybody to hear 
this conversation and think that I don't think Colton Pareko is an elite defenseman. Not the case. In fact, I love the guy. I think he's a tremendous teammate. I think he's an incredible representation of the team and of the community. I think he's got skills that are you know, so unique to a man of his size. In my opinion, he'll never be a quarterback on a power play, not a number one power play. But that doesn't mean he's not a great player. So people who are firing back at me or thinking otherwise, it just means that you have a guy right now currently that you know what he has. He is exactly what we're talking about. And you still have Colton Pareko who could potentially get there, but he's not there yet. So why would you get rid of one that you know? Your sure thing, your bet, you're all in bet. You already have it. And that's why I think the Blues got to go down that route of putting together a package that keeps him here. He's former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers. That's Alex Ferrario. That was a great hockey conversation. Let's dive into the junk drawer coming up next.